Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Now, when I considered my sermon this morning, I ran through a bunch of titles that I was thinking about for my sermon, like 10 miracles. But no, that's not enough when it comes to miracles. So I think, ah, the 11th miracle at the 11th hour. Now, that's a good title. No, I didn't quite get it. I was thought, well, ingratitude versus gratitude. It kind of makes sense. But I realized, no, we're celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Ah, I know what kind of pulls it together for a title. Thanksgiving. How soon we forget? Hmm. With nothing more to say about a title, let's take a closer look at this reading or these words from Jesus. Would you once again just come along with me as we just open up these words and take a closer look at them. Now, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now, Jesus crisscrossed all over the Holy Land. And while he crisscrossed the Holy Land, he was always healing. He would heal the blind, the sick, the lepers. And everybody would talk about, here's this guy who's healing people. And that word, that good news spread quickly. So as he was heading to Jerusalem, he came into a village. Let's look at that. And as he entered a village, now a village, normally it was around 300 people during the time of Jesus. It's highly likely that they heard that Jesus was coming. No different than the lepers. So there were, roughly speaking, 300 who were healthy and 10 who were very sick. And as Jesus entered the village, another title I could have chose, what happened to the 300? Have you seen a movie like that? 300, yeah. They didn't come. Why didn't they come out to meet Jesus? Well, maybe because they were healthy. Maybe they had no need for Jesus. But we do know there were 10 who did. Notice what happens. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Now, leprosy is a skin disease, a bacterial disease that eats away the skin. First of all, your skin has white patches. And then it becomes thick and scaly. And your skin, sorry, begins to stink terribly. And as it eats away your skin, it turns inwardly to your body and bones. And your external extremities fall off, like your ears fall off, your nose fall off, your fingers fall off. You lose feeling. It is a terrible way to die. And if you have leprosy at this time, there was really no hope for you. Not only that, 
but it was seen by everybody as something God was doing to a person. This was God's curse upon you. Not only did you have a physical disease, leprosy, but now God was cursing you. And if God cursed you, it was the people who cursed you also. And you had to stay at a distance. Stay away from the lepers. They are the worst sinners of all. Whew. How terrible that must have been. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. This was a law found in the 13th chapter of Leviticus. You stand at a distance. Some believe it was like 50 feet. And notice what they do. They lift up their voices. They sing loud, saying, Jesus, Master. Notice what they call him. Not Jesus, Messiah. Not Jesus, Lord, but Jesus, Master. Why? Because they heard about this Jesus who had power over sickness. You see, good news travels fast among the sick, not so fast among the healthy. They heard that Jesus was coming and he had power and authority. That's what Master means over sickness. And so they just call him Jesus Master. And notice, have mercy on us. You see, God was not having mercy on them. That's how they saw it. So they're asking this person, Master, to turn God around. What God is doing around, take authority over what God is proclaiming as a curse. This was huge. They cried out to him, Lord, Master, have mercy on us, or Jesus, Master. Verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show. Go and show. You know, they had nothing else to do. When you're sick, and you're going to die. And if you have leprosy, you're not with friends and families enjoying a big Thanksgiving meal. You're by yourself with the sick. And if somebody says, go and show, does that ring a bell to anybody? Does that recall anything where Jesus says to the healthy, the disciples, go? Ever hear that? Go and make disciples by teaching and by baptizing or by baptizing and teaching. That's hard. But when you're sick and going to die, it's a whole lot easier to go and show and tell somebody about what Jesus has done for you in your life. But when you're healthy and wealthy, it's a little more difficult to go and tell and I'm going to point that out to you. I'm not trying to make anybody here feel bad, okay? But if you've just won the lottery or the jackpot at the casino, not many are probably going to go and tell about what Jesus said. You're going to say, look what has happened. Let's celebrate. Let's have a meal. But to go and show yourself 
to the priest was a command by Jesus. And guess what? All 10 of them did it. They all obeyed and listened to the words of Jesus. They were trusting Jesus. Now, I'm going to emphasize trusting. What else was there for them? So they started walking towards the priest. And you can just imagine, have you seen your hands lately? Wow. I think maybe they were singing like birds, chirping away. Look it, we're healed, we're healed, we're healed. Wow, they probably started dancing and singing and celebrating. And I'm going to say this, Jesus. Look what Jesus did. Look what God has done. They could have been giving thanks as far as we know. Because if you think about it, you're sick and going to die and all of a sudden you're healed. You would be giving thanks. But then something else happens. Think about how many people are healed in a Christian hospital in Tulsa or Broken Arrow on a daily basis. That's a lot. So 10 are healed. 10 most likely are giving thanks. But this is where the 11th hour, the 11th miracle happens. Let's take a look how Jesus explains it. Or Luke and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, notice, one, 10% of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Here's the, third, the 11th miracle. He was giving thanks for the master. Only one turned back. That means repented. This is where the Holy Spirit begins that 11th miracle. It is the Holy Spirit that'll get you here this morning, and if you're listening to my voice, to remember Jesus. To turn from the way you're going and turn back to Jesus by remembering him. And the miracle happened on the inside of this once leper. And he knew he was cleansed, and he says, I remember Jesus. I'm not going to say Thank you, Jesus. I am going to worship Jesus. Because the second thing what the Holy Spirit will do is turn you around to remember Jesus and fall down before Jesus as God Almighty. Not just a master. God Almighty. Notice what happens. He worships. Our thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit wants to move that to worship. Listen to what happens. And with a praising God and with a loud voice, now he's really chirping again. <laughs> and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. You know what this means? Worship. That's what worship is. To fall before your God and say, I can't heal myself and you've done it. And I acknowledge and remember what you have done. And the Holy Spirit moves you to fall down and worship Jesus and give Jesus thanks. Notice what happens. And giving him thanks, him as God Almighty. What the Holy Spirit moves you to do is turn around, remember Jesus as God Almighty and worship him. And give him thanks. Because each and every one of us has had the terrible disease of sin. Worse than leprosy. It will kill you. And if you're here this morning and you claim to be a Christian who follows Christ, you have been healed. You're born again. 
You have been healed from the terrible disease of sin. Thanked him. Now, notice what happens. Luke tells us, and he was a Samaritan. Oh, folks, it gets worse. So here's this group. We don't know if they were all Samaritans or if just one was a Samaritan. Now, when I read this, it comes to me, and I read the commentaries on it. It might have been the other nine were Jews, not Samaritans. What's the difference? Well, the Jews saw themselves as being it, the only ones who God loves. And the Samaritans were half-breeds. They intermarried with the Gentiles. To a Jew, a Samaritan was like a dog. Terrible person. No chance for a Samaritan. That's why when Jesus tells a parable about the good Samaritan, everybody's like, there is no such thing. Okay, so here's these 10. They're healed. They're celebrating. One comes back and sees through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is God Almighty and worships him. And Jesus says, and he's a Samaritan. Or Luke reminds us he's a Samaritan. Okay, how does it get worse? <laughs> Let's read on. Jesus says, answers, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? That's questions we might ask. When I was a child and this was read and the pastor would speak about it, I was devastated as a little kid. How can 10 be healed and only one return? I thought that was just beyond my comprehension. But then I realized how many, how many people are healed in the hospitals every day, but does that lead to worship? They're probably very thankful of that doctor, that nurse, that hospital, but does that lead them to worship Jesus as God Almighty? I think we know the answer. Where are the nine? Was not one found to return and give praise to God? Only this one. His thanksgiving led him to worship Jesus as God Almighty, the 11th miracle. And notice what Jesus says. And praise God, except this foreigner. Now Jesus adds something that Luke says he's a Samaritan. That's, first of all, leper, one notch against him. Samaritan, second notch, now a foreigner. Huh. Wow. Let me put it in perspective, if I may. Imagine we're in the Bible Belt, right? Well, and 10 are healed of cancer. And only one communist from China returns and praises Jesus as God Almighty. Oh, I'll make it even worse. Let's say 10 so-called Christians healed of cancer at St. John's Christian Hospital or St. Francis. And they all give thanks and celebrate they're healed of cancer. But only one, formerly an atheist and Jewish, <laughs> returns and worships Jesus as God all Mighty. Now you kind of have a little better understanding how impactful this event happened. And he says, go show yourself to the priests. Why? 
Because imagine 10 lepers coming to the priest. Look at, <laughs> I'm clean. Let me see. Who did that? Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Next, Jesus. Next, Jesus. What a witness to those priests. Now, the priests, after this, are the ones who called for his death, Jesus' death. They wanted to crucify him. Their hearts were hardened by this incredible miracle of miracles. Wow. Okay, what are you going to take home? I hope you'll take home. This was an amazing story. Okay, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The English says well. It doesn't do it justice. If you follow that little number down there, nine, he saved you. They called him master. The one who called him God Almighty was saved by faith. Trust moves you to worship. Trust and faith saves you. Only one out of 10 was saved. His thanksgiving moved him to worship. The work of the Holy Spirit, the miracle. He was born again. He was saved complete well. And someday was gonna, we'll end up in heaven and we'll see him there. <laughs> when you celebrate Thanksgiving this week with your families, I'm sure many of you have the tradition like I do in my family where we hold hands before we eat and we talk about the things we are thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the food. I'm thank you for the house. I'm thank you that I have a job. Maybe some of you say, I'm thank you. I'm healed from cancer. Hmm? Thank you for medicine. Thank you for doctors. Everybody should be thankful. I'm sure many of you see yourself as the one, and you should. The one who comes back and gives thanks. But notice they all gave thanks. But this is the moral of this story, you might say, the principle. Thanksgiving should lead you to worship. What does that look like? When you're gathering around with your family, maybe you will be one this year who says, I want you to know I'm thankful because Jesus has healed me from something worse than leprosy. He's healed me from sin, my sinful nature. And because of Jesus, who is God Almighty, I am healed. And I want you, child, grandchild, friend, neighbor, my family to know that I worship Jesus as God Almighty. Amen. And you make that public. You go and show your family. And maybe, maybe you would be take the, ch the time to read eight little verses. This story, it'll take you about four minutes. And explain to your family, I'm the one I want you to know that's been healed in the 11th hour, the 11th miracle, and I see Jesus as God. God Almighty, imagine the impact on your family, your children, your grandchildren, a neighbor. I'm just going to encourage you. May your thanksgiving be not one where you so quickly forget. Forget that the greatest miracle is not the food on the table. It's not this nation we live in. It is that God has healed us of terrible disease called sin. And that we need to yes, give him thanks, but it should lead us always to worship. The acknowledgement that the one who's healed me, the one I give thanks is God Almighty, Jesus Christ, who laid his life down on Calvary for you and for me. That's the good news that needs to be spread. We need in good times and in bad times to sing his praises. And everybody in the room said, Amen. Amen.